Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen, our uh, ever-growing community of Luca Nation fans, uh, we have a repeat guest, someone you guys might know. I think he was our first guest, actually, on Luca Nation. Oh, yeah, first one. Yes, he was. And this is a man that basically created his own market of wrestling cards, and now everyone's following. They should pay him royalties, as as Kevin O'Leary says. Uh, but without further ado, I want to welcome back David Peck. A lot of you guys asked for him to be back on. David, Mr. Peck, how's everything going? What's up, guys? Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be back on, and uh, I'm excited for you guys as uh, how successful the show has turned out to be. I mean, if you look on Instagram, Twitter, number of followers, the, the comments in your videos, I mean, it's off the charts, and the fact that we're uh, reconnecting, I don't know, four or six months later, it's just a testament to how well you guys have done. So congratulations. Thank you. I, I wish I could take credit, but uh, it's really the big lug over there. Everywhere we go, whether that's on Clubhouse, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, people love him. They even send him DMs like he has the best voice in the game, never get off radio. So Cage, you know, I have one question to kick us off. And then yep. I want to let you guys run with it because there's so many topics, you know. But if you guys don't know, Mr. Peck, David Peck, he's a financial guy. And there was a big, big deal this week with Kevin Ken Golden getting $40 million in a cash infusion. And we were talking a little bit offline on Twitter. Just what, is he, what do you think something like that means when there's so many celebrities coming into the game, put, putting money behind a consignment business? What do you think is going to happen? How do you think it's going to play out? Well, I tell you what, first of all, it's obviously very exciting because um, if you read in their press release, they're talking about really – um, taking that to the next level as far as not just top level consignments, right? Um, I, I think one of the things that people have to understand is that the social media phenomenon uh, in trading cards has been massive. You know, we talked last time about the Gary V effect. You know, I'm, I'm a Gary V fan, so I, I, I fall into the category of, of liking what he's doing. Um, just this past week, uh, I think it's Deshaun Johnson. Is that the guy, right? The, the, Sean the Jackson. Jackson, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an uh, expert. He's I didn't, he's it's kind of embarrassing. I didn't even know who he was, you know, and it <laughs> turns out he's like one of the stud quarterbacks of the NFL. But when you get a guy like him, um, not only paying top dollar for a card, but then I love the term. I use this all the time, flexing. You know, he flexes it on Instagram. He puts it on Twitter. Um, you know, I do a post. Uh, of my Dwayne Johnson and I get, you know, 71 likes, right? Okay, great. Uh, he had something like 71,000 last I checked, you know, and then like 600 comments and, you know, you see loads of blue check marks in the comment section. So I think what's happening is, is that um, you're seeing money coming into the hobby from so many directions. And, you know, if you start getting some of these pro athletes, um, you know, put serious money behind it, the sky's the limit. So I, I've been a, a long-term optimist on cards. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be, you know, part of this. You know, if you think back, even just two years ago, uh, the market was nothing like this. And not just price, but activity. You know, your show, for example. You know, I'm sure that as weeks go by, the, the number of views goes up. Um, I, one of the things, I, you know, I, I'm pretty active online. I comment uh, 
well, for the most part on the PSA Collectors Universe message board, you know, think of the number of Instagram accounts that have been created dedicated to cards. Think of the number of Twitter uh, posts and, and, and just sort of activities and, and people engaging. So, you know, the, the community is growing dramatically. Um, the amount of ability to communicate with others uh, is growing dramatically. And I just think that, you know, for the next period of time, you know, I, people keep talking about a bubble and this can't last. And, you know, and listen, time will tell. I'm not here to make that prediction. But what I will say is that when you see PSA with 13 million cards graded in a 12 month period of time, this thing's not dying overnight. So I've had a great time and I just hope that, you know, we all continue to enjoy the hobby and we'll see where this thing goes. So I will just jump in here with, um, you know, it's an apology to David because he was our first guest and the first guest did not get the play he should have gotten. So we, you're coming on a perfect time. Last night we crossed over a hundred thousand listens for our podcast. And, uh, you know, so a lot more people are going to hear you this time. And I got to tell you, I get a lot of messages. Wow. I went back and I listened to all your guests and that David Peck guy, what an amazing, amazing episode it was. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you something we didn't ask you last time. And <clears throat> it's even more relevant now. There are, there is a lot of what we'll call chasing alpha, seeking alpha for you traders out there, right? Everybody's chasing what's going to make them money, right? We had a guy, Darren Herman on, right? And he, he, he used that phrase a lot. Everybody's chasing what's, what's going to make them money, where the money is to be made. And it has become a huge thing over the last year or so. You know, modern was going up and then vintage went up and then vintage was going up and then Pokemon was going up and then Pokemon was going up and wrestling and wrestling and UFC and everybody's looking for what's that next big thing now maybe it's Marvel who the heck knows so here's the insight you can bring there are people out there who are trying to figure out what the next best thing is what's gonna pop next whether it's I have no idea I honestly I don't know what it could be whether it's some Jap Japanese anime card or who I have no idea what could be next but you years ago years ago were the guy the guy who said i think wrestling is gonna pop and it didn't pop that week it didn't pop that month right so what you can tell luca nation is because there's people out there saying i'm gonna take a gamble on something i believe in this area of the market i believe in this corner i believe this is underappreciated and undervalued that was you with wrestling but it didn't pop right away so can you do me a favor and talk specifically to those folks those people who are who are they're, they're doing their research and they think they found something that's going to work. Tell them it doesn't come in 10 seconds. Tell them some of the stuff you had to kind of deal with. Tell them about the stories that you have about getting on the blowout forum and, 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 and saying, uh, hey, this is going to be great. And people are like, you're insane. Talk to about that because I got an echo in my ears and I apologize, Luca Nation. I'm going to go switch my headphones and let David speak and figure, see if I can figure a way out of this stuff. But go for it, David, because that's, I think, the best thing you bring to the table because you were so right. But you weren't right right off the bat, right? You know what I mean? It, it took a little minute. Well, I think, listen, I mean, um, I don't want to tell anybody how to collect, okay? And I, uh, I think that, like you, I've been a little bit surprised with this sort of rotation where um, it's, it's turned into a paper chase and you know, oh, wait a second, what's the next thing to pop? I mean, I can't tell you how many messages I get on Twitter, on Instagram. It says, hey, do you think this is, a, you know, this one's the next one? Well, the bottom line is, um, 
the long term is really where money's made in cards. Um, I, I get it. There's examples of uh, people that you know buy something and the second they buy it, it explodes. I'll give you a good example. Um, I was the first person to actively grade the uh, the '94 Miami Bumblebee set, um, looking for the Dwayne Johnson. And you know there had been a, a, maybe two or three other graded examples in the hobby before I got involved. Um, and so, you know, I tracked down the, the Dwayne Johnson and those things, you know, they went up a little bit at first. And then what happened is a lot of the high grade material was found and they collapsed. Um, and so I sat there for five years and the Dwayne Johnson Bumblebee card was my worst investment. I had not picked anything that bad. Now, thankfully, um, I bought a PSA 10, you know, three or four years ago. Um, I had a BGS 9.5. I had a PSA 9. I had the signed one. And so, you know, I said, okay, I got to get my 10. And, and, and so after I bought the 10, it dropped another 40%. Like, you know, I was like, Jesus, I'm jinxed with this card. So um, we all make mistakes, you know, when the thing really started to explode, you know, six months ago, um, I ended up on selling a couple copies and, um, you know, it didn't work in my favor because now look at it. But uh, I think really trying to time cards is is very challenging. And, you know, my take is, you know, I try to sit on stuff for a while. You know, when you look at um, wrestling now, you know, just about everything in wrestling has been going up. Um, you know, the 85 Tops Hogan, for example. I mean, it was a dead card for a long time. Now it's, it's hot as a pistol. Um, just in the past two weeks, you know, one of the areas I've focused on for the last 11 years was Brock Lesnar. Uh, we've seen a 10x move in Brock in two weeks. Now, I, I don't know, you know, time will tell how that plays out, but, you know, you could be sitting on a stick of dynamite for years and not even know it. So um, go back to, you know, when I was on your show last time, you know, we talked about uh, Mike Tyson and this was literally, I don't know, two weeks before Tyson just started moving. I'd been in Tyson for 10 years, okay? Now, they had gone up, and, you know, I was sitting on some, you know, some gains. Well, the Tyson has gone up 30x in six months. Um, you know, we'll see if it continues. We'll see if it holds. You know, time will tell. I'm not, I've never pretended to be good at, you know, projecting where prices are going to go. I actually don't think anybody's good at it. So I think what you have to do, um, you know, approach cards in a manner that works for you. I'm a long-term investor type. I'm not into the quick flip. Um, I understand it. I, I totally get that. You know, we were talking before we went on air and I love to day trade, right? So, I mean, for me to hold a stock for two or three days is like an eternity. So I understand that that psychology has come into cards. But what I found is with cards, it's a lot easier to make money when you buy something that you believe in and you sit on, it, you know? So I, I don't want to discourage anybody from the flip game because, it, listen, you know, if that works for you, that works for you. But I think um, you want to stick to your guns. You know, I, I, I really, I do get a kick out of it. You know, here we are 11 years later um, for me sort of becoming an online presence in the card community. Um, and people still argue with me. And, you know, time and time again, I go back and, you know, I'll read an old thread and I just, I'll sit there and read the comments. And I, I kind of smile because obviously, you know, what I said I thought what happened happened and you know what they said they thought would happen didn't but you know i i got into one of these battles unfortunately a couple months ago when collectible 
popped up, right? Um, Evan Mathis and I, you know, text. I've never spoken to him in person, but we're, we text. And not so much as we used to, but we do. And so I, I was interested in that 53 tops mantle. I thought, hey, this sounds pretty neat. Well, I start threads on the PSA message board and net 54 and just get roasted and said, listen, you guys don't understand something. This, this fractional ownership is going to change the game. I mean, it's going to open up the top end of the market to the low end of the market. And what's going to end up happening is it's going to drive the market up like crazy. Um, I didn't necessarily know it'd go up to the, the extent it has, but, you know, they just did a revaluation of that 53 tops mantle. And, you know, of course, every, you know, everybody on net 54 was saying that the 2.5 million price tag was ridiculous and so on. They've already got it up 36 percent. Um, I mean, that's a hell of a move in a short period of time. And, you know, I think one of the things that I thought made so much sense about that is, is like, so we talked when we started uh, about some of these sort of speculative stocks that we play with, right? Like Riot Blockchain was the one we talked about. I mean, their balance sheet is awful. The amount of revenues is like almost nothing, right? They have a history of doing secondary stock offerings like nobody else, okay? Well, when you buy that stock for a short window of time, you're just banking on the price rising. But do you want to get stuck with it? And, you know, listen, that's up to, that's up to the investor. You know, I'm a registered person under no circumstances. Am I commenting on is Riot good or bad for the long term? But it's obviously been a, been a hot stock. Well, when you buy a card, um, when you buy a Mike Tyson rookie, you, you at least feel good about the collateral. You know, when you buy a 1953 Tops Mickey Mantle and a PSA 10, I mean, that's one of the apex cards of the hobby. Like, it, I mean, it's got to be in the top 10. So, you know, it made total sense that if somebody's willing to sink money into Apple and Google and Riot Blockchain and so on, that they'd be willing to sink money into shares of Mickey Mantle. So um, I think at the end of the day, though, you know, you just have to trust your gut because the biggest mistakes I've made in the hobby is just not trusting myself. I love it. One of the things you said is you don't, you don't predict, right? And not many people are actually good at predicting. How do you, how would you get your edge? You know, I'm a new investor. I have $10,000 in today's market. I, I, I can't predict. How would you, what advice would you give to someone coming into the hobby right now to get their edge? Well, first of all, doing some research is really critical. You know, I've, I've seen some of the um, comments, you know, Gary V's made about a, he did something like 40 hours of research before he you know, bought a card. Um, and I, I don't know what the right number is, but I think, you know, what I would do is I'd read message boards. I'd look at eBay completed sales. Um, I'd look at population reports. Um, I, I'd look at uh, checklists, you know, so we'll just use what I did. Um, there's a website, wrestlingtradingcards.com, and they've got checklists of the wrestling sets. So what I would do is I'd go look at the checklist and try to find the farthest back card of XYZ stock. And I'd start buying that card, right? Now, we are, um, the discovery phase of cards is long gone, right? Uh, you know, everybody sort of knows now um, what's out there, okay? So um, the best advice that I think I could give people is, is um, try to stay in your risk tolerance. So just for example, you know, if you're buying a card that's gone up 20 fold, um, just know that it's up 20 fold. Could it go up another 20 fold? Perhaps. Okay. But, but it's, you know, it's had a big move. And so 
you need to be aware that, you know, in theory, it, it, it could certainly go down. Um, also stay in your budget, you know, so just to give you an example, like if you've got a thousand dollars to burn, don't sink it into one card, you know, put, put a few bets out there because one of the nice things about cards, at least in my experience is, is man, when they move, they move, you know, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Like uh, I collect, collected Brock Lesnar, you know, he's what got me into really the, the hobby again, specifically wrestling cards. They sat dormant for 10 years, right? And in just the last two weeks, somehow, miraculously, the markets awakened that, hey, Brock's got these badass 2004 football cards and, you know, they're up 10x like in two weeks and, you know, they, they're legit sales. I mean, just yesterday you saw a Leaf Rookies and Stars number to 50 go for a grand, okay? That card, I don't know, a year ago would have been like 70 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. So um, I think, for me, what's worked for me is focusing on athletes that I like and, and, and that I can hold on to, you know, because if, if Brock Lesnar uh, cards go down, hey, guess what? He's my favorite athlete. Um, when Hulk Hogan, you know, let's go back five, six years ago. You know, I had to ride through the Hulk Hogan racist comments, right? His cards dropped 50 percent overnight, like legitimately. And so that's something you have to always keep in mind with um all the living stars, but, but really specifically, like take the NFL players, you know, and I'm not picking on anybody, but they've got a, a high number of them that have been arrested. Um, you know, keep that in mind, you know, like when you're paying top dollar for a guy that maybe has a shady past, you know, it can resurface. Um, and, and if, if something goes the wrong way and, and, you know, they're, they're kicked to the curb, you know, they can drop instantly. Uh, I live here in Orlando, Florida, and, you know, I had a great time this year, following the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? They brought on, um, what's the uh, receiver? Um, Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown, right? Like, so about four years ago, I'm on the Stairmaster at the gym and I'm seeing this guy in the Steelers and I'm watching his highlights and I'm like, this guy is awesome, right? He, I mean, he's like, he is, and he had, he had so much, I'm going to use a, the word swagger. Like this guy, like he just, he had it all, right? Well, within, I don't know, two months, he's not even on the team. So like his cards back then, I mean, they totally collapsed. And I um, have to admit that the second they signed him, I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like doing a little speculating. So I got on eBay and, you know, I was looking through his offerings. And I think, you know, the, the, what's really happening is, you know, you, most of us don't have like the, the only idea. Like so 50 other people were thinking exactly what David was thinking is saying, hey, let's get on eBay and let's buy these cards. So um we're in a market now where information flow is just so rapid and, um, you know, getting that edge, I think really more has to do with um, trying to find deals, you know, like, you know, hey, if, if you if you sense somebody has something that you want, send them a message, you know, and, and then maybe they'll bite, you know, like uh, maybe 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 they'll um, cough something up and, and, and you can get it. But it's tough to find an edge at this point because. The, uh, the number of people chasing this stuff has skyrocketed. With stimulus payments coming in, oh, a little echoey, huh? Yes, a lot of echo. Can you hear me? Yep. So with stimulus payments coming in, with lending and interest rates at an all-time low, how much, and this is across all assets, we're not just talking about sports cards here, how much are you looking at that and how are you, how much are you preparing? You know, I don't want to use the word bubble, but 
there's a lot of money out there. And, and you know, the average person who might've had, you know, a hundred thousand to invest last year, now they got a stimulus payment. Now they can bet on margin. Now they maybe have a credit line at the bank. So they're hundred thousand, maybe now 500,000. Uh, and a lot of people say this is a lot like the 99.com bubble. So I'm curious to hear your take on that. Well, you know, I read a lot about the stimulus checks. Um, I would just say this, like, I mean, I'm not going to get a stimulus check. You know, if you make decent money, like you're not getting one. So I think, if, you know, when I, I'll read these comments about the high end of the market moving because of stimulus checks. And I think that's complete lunacy. Um, now, I will say cheap money uh, can certainly drive uh, the market. Um, now, let's kind of dissect this for a second. So we get to the uh, young person that doesn't have a and I guess in theory, old people wouldn't either, but let's just say you're 25 and you're a sneakerhead and you got into the flip game, right? You get a thousand dollars or whatever the number is. I mean, that money's instantly going to Robin hood or it's instantly going to cards. You're going to try to five exit. And, and, and I, one of the things I've found is, um, you know, this, the early twenties, I mean, they're really, really serious about being entrepreneurs and trying to, trying to, to make money off their money, which you know, I applaud. Right. Um, but when you start looking at the top of the market, I think what the real issue is, is this is so I've been in financial services for 20 years. I've been a registered advisor and this is my 17th year. Um, when when the Fed took interest rates to zero. Right. So so let's say you have money in a money market fund in your brokerage account. It literally pays point zero one. OK, like almost insulting. They, they give you one basis point, I think, just as kind of like here, we've got to give you a little a little toy with your Happy Meal, right? But it's almost zero. Um, so historically in finance, the hurdle rate is something that really, really matters. And so if you go back, let's say 10 years ago and a 10-year treasury was you know, almost 5%. Well, if you hold that for 10 years, you obviously take in almost 50% on your money and then you know, taxes, et cetera. So anything you buy that you hold for 10 years has to climb by 50% uh, for you to, to really win. And then you have to put a risk premium on that and say, okay, well, if I can get 50% with no risk uh, to, to make a hundred, uh, I, 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 you know, there's some amount of risk I'm willing to take, right? But, but not, as, not that much. Well, when the hurdle rate is 0.01, it's very easy to say, okay, you know, three years from now, uh, if this thing just breaks even, I'm basically in the same spot. Um, and I think that, that what's happened with cards, you know, I've been investing for a long time. I've, on a percentage basis, I've never touched anything that's gotten close to cards. I mean, um, and, and, you know, look, I, I think there's a lot of other people out there that have a similar experience. I mean, take, I don't own any, but take like a Tom Brady rookie card. Um, that thing, if, if you compare Tom Brady rookie card, uh, let's say to the S&P 500, uh, since he came into the league. I mean, it's probably three, four, five times what the S&P did, and, and that might even be low, right? I mean, I, I'm just kind of throwing numbers out. I just know it's a, it's a massive outperformance. Um, so it's definitely fueling the market. The, the challenge is this, is you've got uh, incredible amount of global debt, um, and what that's going to do is that's going to clamp down interest rates basically permanently. Uh, you know, I go, I've done the math for years. And, you know, one of the things a lot of times I talk with clients about is, listen, you know, we're going to approach 30 trillion. We're going to pass 30 trillion this year. Explain to me how we can have higher interest rates when we're a net borrower. Um, it's just the math doesn't work. Right. 
So I think you're seeing a lot of people that want to get money out of a currency and, and into um, something else. Uh, fixed income, uh, you know, very, you know, pays very low if you're in high quality. And I think one of the other things about collectibles is you get to, you get to hold it. Right. And so um, I have commented for years about uh, the bragging rights associated with top level stuff. Okay. And, you know, if you look at uh, just, uh, I guess it was probably two weeks ago when that mantle sold for $5.2 million. Well, it made headline news. Um, I listened to, and, and I, excuse me if it wasn't on your show, but I think it was that he said that he got an offer of 6 million that same day. And then he got another offer of 8 million the next day. And, you know, he wants to keep it. Well, um, that guy, Rob, you know, one, he was on a, a, a lot of these shows, uh, two, everybody now knows this guy's rich enough to buy a baseball card, $5.2 million, which, you know, that doesn't suck. Um, and the reality of it is, is that, that, you know, it's like art. Uh, and so I, for the longest time talked about the 52 tops mantle and how, you know, you could take a hedge fund manager that makes billions of dollars and he can't get one. You know, there's only three of them in a 10. There's only six of them in a nine. So, so you can have all the money in the world and you can't get it. And, and I think that that, that kind of activity drives markets. And so I actually think that has more to do with the move we've seen. And I also think, you know, when we talked a second ago about the 94 Miami Bumblebee, I mean, that guy had 70,000 likes and like 600 comments when I quit looking. I mean, that level of engagement, that level of people saying, you're awesome, this thing's badass, that's worth something, you know? And so I think that that's what's driving the market. So jumping in here, let me throw something out at you. Hopefully you can hear me. I don't hear much in the way I echo, but but that's what it is. Um, I look like I a, can hear you I'm great, ridiculous. by the way. I'm ridiculous over here. I got these headphones on. I look like a spaceman. So um, yeah. So my deal for you for for Luca Nation is this, right? So you're a wrestling car guy, and you know you branch out in the whole deal, but not to make too much fun of you, but you know you can you combine Deshaun Watson and, and Dwayne Johnson. You made him. You made him. You know, <laughs> Deshaun Johnson, which is great. Because it proves something. It proves don't chase outside your comfort zone, right? So David Peck here, he knows wrestling cards. He knows wrestling. He's put in the time. He's put in the hours. He's been on the boards. He's researched. He's done his due diligence. And he knows what's going to be good and what's not. We asked him a million times. When he was on our show six months and change ago, he told us, you know, the next thing that's going to pop after the 82 Wrestling All-Stars was 1985. And wow, were you right. I mean, wow, did you nail that, right? But you, you didn't say, hey, you know what? I know I'm a wrestling guy, but I think what's next is these Harry Potter cards. Or I think what's next is these stickers from soccer from across the pond. No. A lot of people make that mistake, right? And you're a trader. So talk to me about becoming good at a sector, knowing the stocks that trade in that specific sector, becoming an expert in that, and just sticking with that. And becoming kind of an ace, because I think that's an important lesson for our guys when they start thinking, wow, you know, my basketball stuff is going down. I'm going to go chase that 20X and I'm going to go hunt for it in uh, Pokemon without knowing anything. They can't tell a Squirtle from a Pikachu, you know? Well, um, this is a little bit tough to answer because in the stock market, um, I, I, I'm pretty much willing to trade anything. Um, 
I, uh, <laughs> I you know, it. And, and, and so um, I have been, uh, so I got into stocks when, uh, in 1998. And um, so I'm really into technical analysis. I'm really into charts. And, um, you know, listen, I mean, it, it, it's not a perfect science, right? Yeah, you but you don't have- trade, right? You don't say, hey, I made my money in this weed stock. So, hey, that ticker, Riot, that looks cool. I'm going to trade that because it's got a cool name. No, you you actually do some research, right? Well, I, 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 I um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, no, here's what I would say is that um, I watched the ticker tape, right? And so if you, you know, in all fairness, if you start seeing something blazing across the ticker tape, um, you, you, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. Right. So. All right. So let's just say that the riot, let's just use that as an example. Well, you know, if, if Bitcoin's moving, there's only two stocks in the market that are tied to Bitcoin. So you, you maybe would jump on those. But I think your point's well taken that um, you, you know, buying what you sort of know is a lot easier. And um, I think that the, you know, at the end of the day uh, in wrestling, like I'm a legit fan. Now, I don't uh, I don't really watch a lot of the new wrestling because um, I, admittedly, uh, it's so tough without fans. Uh, I, I go to like across this little lake. I'm, I'm I'm doing this interview behind my parents condo. They live down the street from us. And um, across this lake is the uh, Orlando Armory. Right. And I've seen young talent uh that you know like turned out to be like some of the biggest stars in wrestling and um you know so it's been a lot of fun but the thing in 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 all of this stuff is is that it's really not that complicated i mean take the take the um 86 Fleer jordan like that's been the card to own uh in basketball for like 25 years right so so what ends up happening is the market gets bigger um the studs they just get bigger, you know? And so I think one of the things that, uh, what a lot of people are trying to make the mistake right now of doing is just constantly finding the next best thing. Like, okay, well, let, let me, let me, let me throw some money at this because I think it's going to pop. Um, and with, with really no understanding of what they're buying and, and really no affinity to it, you know, because the thing with cards is, uh, if you buy something you like, you can sit on it. Right. And, and, and I think, um, I know you specialize in, say, vintage baseball. Well, there's been periods of time where vintage baseball really didn't do much. But if you had a, um, I'll give you a good example, like take a, uh, the Ricky Henderson rookie. Um, and man, I tell you what, I was disappointed to see this, but, um, you know, sevens, eights, nines. I mean, a nine just went for like five grand. Well, you could have sat on that uh, Ricky Henderson nine for 10 or 15 years. And it was like 300, 400, 500, but you had Ricky Henderson's rookie card. I mean, it's an, it's an unbelievable shot. I think it's one of the best looking baseball cards ever. I think even if you didn't like baseball, you could look at that picture and say, this guy is a stud. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the thing goes ballistic. So um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, bouncing around and just diving into stuff that you know nothing about, uh, may work a few times, but it's certainly a risky proposition. What do you think about NFTs? About what? NFTs, non-fungible tokens, Top Shot, and some of those digital platforms. So you, this is like a uh, like a Bitcoin, but a small one. Yeah, it's it's something that's like, for example, a lot of my friends who 
aren't into sports cards but love sports, uh, they've been messaging me, you know, what's going on with Top Shot. And Top Shot is uh, digital moments that solve for kind of instant transfer of, of an asset. So, you know, when I buy a card from you, you still have to ship it to me. If I buy it off eBay, there's taxes. Uh, this allows for easy transfer instantly. Similar, it runs on a blockchain. It's not Bitcoin, it runs on a different blockchain. Uh, but you're seeing them now with soccer. So there's a thing called like So Rare is an NFT. And it's basically kind of a combination of or crossover of digital sports cards and cryptocurrency. No, it's a tough call because um, I, admittedly, I'm not that informed on it. Um, I think one of the things, so I was um, looking at doing a deal uh, the last two days um, with, uh, somebody, uh, they had hit me up on Instagram about um, buying some some cards, right? And I, um, you know, I thought we were pretty close to doing a deal. And, you know, he was coming after one of my cards. And I, I tell you, I've never um, sold one of my top pops, if you will. And I was very close to doing so in the context of combining these cards, right? And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, gosh, you know, I've never shipped anything this big in terms of money. Um, I'm, I've, how do I get paid? Like, is, you know, is PayPal a good idea? You know, like, you know, the, the challenge with cards right now is, is, you know, when I used to buy something for 50 bucks or 200 bucks or you know, 300 bucks, whatever number you want to use, um, you know, there's not really a lot of risk. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, if, my money gets tied up for a few weeks and something goes awry, big deal. Well, now that you have um, a lot of stuff trading in the thousands and the hundred thousands and so on, I, I think people are going to get more creative. Um, and so if what you're telling me allows for that, um, I think it's coming. And so, you know, I'm just going to sort of dive off for a second, like back to that fractional ownership stuff, right? Like, who would have thought of that five years ago? You know, when I put that on net 54, 80% of those guys said, oh, I don't want to, I want to own the card. You know, I want to handle it and stuff. And listen, I, I get that. Right. But there's also a lot of people that realize, man, I don't have uh, the money to buy a Jordan 10. So, but if I could put a thousand dollars in a Jordan 10, um, I'll, I'll give that a shot. And so I think that uh, the creativity, um, with this sort of new world we're in where, you know, we have a digital economy and, and we've got uh, so much, I mean, online presence, you know, like, I mean, think about the growth of this show. If it wasn't for Instagram, if it wasn't for Twitter, um, I, I would argue your show would never be as big as it is. You're hundred percent right. So, it's a social media flex, right? So, I mean, we're talking about the fractional ownership five years ago when there wasn't this stuff. And, and more importantly, there wasn't the, the publicity and the celebrity money in it. So I will tell you five years ago when, when, when fractional ownership came out, I was like, I don't want to do that. All right, so they're going to sell a, a Mickey Mantle PSA 9 fractional ownership. All right, well, instead of that, instead of me putting $1,000 into that, I'm going to put $1,000 into a Mickey Mantle PSA 2. You know what I mean? I'd rather have, I'm still going to get 10 grand in, but it's just going to be instead of being a 10, it's a 2. Here's where it changed, right? Nobody's flexing the 2, but people are flexing the 9, people are flexing the 10. And more importantly, celebrities are not going to come after my one or two. They're going to come after the nines and the tens. So there's actually more upside 
in those top end cards. You've seen it yourself with some of the, the, the high end 82 wrestling all stars and some of the cards you have. People coming out of the woodworks. I'm not going to call them out, but I guarantee you have, and you can you tell me I'm wrong, you have celebrities, you have some big names probably sliding into your DMs asking you for some of your cards. I'm sure of it. Well, that, I mean, I, I'm not going to name his name because yeah. I, I, it's not appropriate. But yeah, this guy is a celebrity. He did a screenshot on Facebook. Okay? Uh, hey, 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 let's, but let's not just, I did, I put it on Facebook. <laughs> Peck, let's not put it on you, put a, so you put a screenshot on Facebook, Peck. Look at, listen to my guy. Listen to Andrew. Look at this guy. He's not taking that bull. He's like, you put no, it out no, no. there, well, man. <laughs> well, first of all, um, Andrew's on my Facebook, and I appreciate that. Um, I actually was shocked. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I was because honestly, so I used to post a lot on Facebook with politics. Right. And, you know, I put make my comments and all that stuff. And that shit's just a waste of time because what ends up happening is inevitably somebody's going to take issue with what you have to say. And now 45 minutes later, you've gone back and forth and nobody's changed their mind. Okay. So, so what I do on, uh, uh, Facebook because you know I probably 90% of my posts are card related just you know for fun right I'll, I'll but so anyway when this guy um sent me a direct message I was like WTF you know <laughs> I was like whoa you know and so um but I ended up um I talked to him last night uh for about an hour because you know going through messages is not um very easy and you know we were going back and forth this morning and, and you know we, um it just the deal's not going to work out uh, and, and whatever. But the thing is, is that here's the issue. He only wanted tents, okay? And one of the things I was trying to explain to him, I said, listen, you know, bro, uh, in wrestling, you got to understand, I mean, the population totals of these in tens are incredibly low, okay? Like, it's just a different animal. And, you know, back in the day when, when it was a really, really small niche, um, you know, there's a handful of us that were willing to pay a lot for him, but not many. Right. Um, but you get a situation where, you know, the number of wrestling card collectors is probably up like 50 fold. And that's honestly no exaggeration. It's it's, you know, and I, and I think the real question is, OK, how long do they stay for? You know, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. Um, but he didn't have any interest in nines and a nine on so many cards is like awesome. Right. I mean, like, let's not kid ourselves. Um, and the tens, you know, they're few and far between. And so, uh, you know, anyway, it just didn't work out. But I think what's, what's happening is um, you're basically circling back to what I was saying about the bragging rights. Like if a celebrity gets and I think a mantle, too, first of all, that's an unbelievable card. So congratulations. But, you know, it, it, they're not going to, you know, um, if they've got the means to show a $5.2 million card, that's a lot cooler, you know, and a lot more status than a two. Let's just, I mean, it is what it is. But the difference is, is that I, I would argue any 52 tops mantle is, is a flex because that is, um, it's the best baseball card in the last 70 years or 70 or 69 or whatever number we're at, um, bar none. There is no better card. And you know, I read these comments over the years, like, well, what's going to happen when these old people die? Well, guess what? There's going to be somebody that's 40 or 50 that says, I want that. That's American history. It's American art. You know, uh, a mantle is a mantle. But your point's, you know, very well taken that in this social media phenomenon, um, you know, showing the nice stuff works. I mean, 
look at me. I, I got on Twitter and zero followers, right? And I don't have that many. I got maybe a thousand, but that started at zero. And it's organically grown just simply by showing cards um, that, you know, a lot of people think are neat. And, and you know, I've now actually gravitated probably for the last year. I, I hardly, I don't really tag any pages. Maybe I tag Hogan, but I don't tag pages. So I'm getting organic viewers and just trying to get the posts to kind of move on their own. Um, I do it on Instagram, you know, maybe I get, I've, I've had, you know, 150 likes, you know, like, so it's not like I, I don't get the, the, the attention that somebody like that does. But when a celebrity looks at my page and says, whoa, you know, this guy's, you know, showcasing some serious stuff, you know, it's good. I love it. I love it. Here's the, uh, the the question of the day. Everybody's favorite part. You you called the '85 wrestling all stars. You call I mean you called the '85 top wrestling. You called the OPGs. What are you uh, What are you looking at now? I ain't gonna excite anybody, but nothing. You know. <laughs> well, but that's important, right? It's important for Not, people to hear that. Well, no. Here's the thing. Um, I've told you guys. You know, Brock Lesnar is my favorite athlete, right? So I'm I'm always looking for Brock cards. Um, and I guess my, my comment, nothing's not fair. You know, I look at the market every single day. I mean, I'm, I'm a junkie for this stuff like you guys are. I look at it nonstop. But as far as, hey, you know, what am I trying to buy? Um, it's nothing new. I, I'm staying in, my, in the sphere that I'm in because, um, you know, I don't know, maybe a month ago, I got some grades back on uh, the Carnation set. I, I upgraded my Road Warriors to an 8.5. And, you know, some people would think, ah, eight, five, that's, that's nothing, right? Well, it's the highest graded. There's only seven eights. I mean, you're talking about extreme condition sensitivity. So um, my goal, honestly, is to just constantly sort of try to improve what I've already been working on. You know, I just don't have, you know, I, I get contacted all the time. Oh, what do you think of the modern wrestling? Well, I'm just not that interested. You know, I got hit up two days ago and I guess the female wrestler is like one of the best. I didn't even know who she was. You know, they're like, Hey, do you think this one of one's a good buy? I don't know who she is. So I don't really try to um, get into anything that I don't understand. And, you know, I'm just at this point, I'm trying to uh, upgrade what I have. And, um, you know, I take a lot of people, um, you know, think the set registry stupid. I get that. Right. But, you know, my goal, honestly, was to try to be the best. I, I wanted to have the best. And so at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm, if I can somehow improve, you know, the sets I have, uh, I will. But I'm not, I haven't branched out into anything else. Um, you know, back in time, I, you know, did a little dabbling and, and baseball and stuff again. But, you know, I just felt at the time that my resources were better spent on what I wanted to do. So my advice, you know, if, if it's worth anything is, you know, find something you like and, and focus on that. Get good at, it, you know, like I saw your baseball cards the other day. You're an expert. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's awesome. Like Ty It's Cobb. fun stuff. I, mean, I got my Ty Cobb. I got the baseball. But you know what my last purchase was? I used eBay bucks. So it wasn't a huge one, but I'm going to show you. And then you get to talk about it. All right. I, I use my eBay bucks on this. Tell the audience what I'm showing you here. Uh, that's a 91 Impel. Um, well, here's the thing I'll tell you this right now. This is why I say that most people have been terrible at predicting this stuff, okay? <laughs> if you told me that PSA 10s and that set 
would be like selling like hotcakes for a hundred bucks. I would have never believed it. Right. Yep. You know? And so, so, um, <laughs> I don't know what you paid for that, but there, it's like a hot, it's a hot on the low end of wrestling. How much was that? $42 or something like that. I think I paid Dude, total. Uh, believe it or not. Um, so, all right. So one of the reasons that I've done well with cards is I was pretty financially minded the whole time. You know, I've made some, I made registry buys where I kind of threw, um, money after, you know, low pop cards that have extreme risk, right? Um, people that have followed me on Instagram or, or, or I, maybe not so much Instagram, but on the message boards knows I got an identical twin. And so years ago, my twin bill, he was like, Dave, what are you doing paying $2,000 for some bum in a PSA 10? He's like, that makes absolutely no sense. He's like, put that $2,000 into the stars. And so I, I did, you know, so I stopped buying a lot of the registry cards and, you know, the 83 all-stars like, uh, you know, I'm very friendly with Joey Graben, but he's like half a point behind me. Well, anyway, that said, when you buy a box like that for $42, um, the odds of you making money are incredibly good, right? So I think one of the things that I've done over the years is I back myself in to, um, these set, you know, like I'll buy a like let's say is that a junkyard dog behind you, by the way. Is that JYD? Junkyard dog? Is that, is he That's JYD in the background. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a little little barking, right? So I will back myself into a box like that. So I'll go to eBay, right? And um, and so let's say a sting in a 10 is 40 bucks and a Ric Flair is 79.99. Well, I say to myself, let me get this straight. If I pull two cards out of here. Okay, and send them to get graded. I've paid for the entire box. So those are good economics, right? So I think that's the thing that I could teach people is, is that, you know, you back your way into this stuff, you know, you look at, all right, what's my break even point? What is it going to take for me to get into the black? And in a, at 42 bucks, I mean, you could probably sell all those cards raw. Like, let's say you just don't like them. You could put that on eBay for $50 and just get your money back and you had fun. How's the, how's the shoulder recovery coming? Well, I don't know if you guys can tell, but you can see that, and, and my arms are a lot smaller than they used to be, but look how small this one is compared to this one, right? I mean, it's it's like, look at that. It's not even funny. And, it, it, you know, my mom is, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm recording this outside their house, um, my biggest cheerleader. And so, you know, I used to be like, oh, this looks, this looks bad. And she says, no, Dave, it looks good. I, the other day when I showed her, she goes, Oh, wow. Um, I guess, I guess they are, you know, so the shoulder recovery, um, I had, uh, and it's really, I, I, unfortunately I tore this pec right here and it's, it's, it's never going to look the same. And I don't know if it's ever going to, you know, behave the same. Um, and then I had, uh, a, a, a labrum tear and it was a slap tear too. So, I mean, it's off the bone. They've got to bolt it back in. So I'm, um, I'm a little over four, four, four months in a week out of surgery. Um, it's, uh, it's coming along pretty good. I think the challenge is, is that, you know, I don't know if you can see it gets super tight right here. And so I, I was, um, I got asked this question the other day and it was actually my mom that gave me the information. Uh, but somebody was like, Dave, how you doing? And, uh, I said, look, you know, I found out that the, uh, the quarterback for Clemson, he had the same injury I had. And I got to tell you something. Uh, they're saying it's four to six months for full recovery. I think that's probably realistic. 
I hope for his sake that he can fully recover because uh, I had surgery on the same shoulder um, eight years ago and it was never the same. Um, I think this time, you know, they did an, he did a nice job. Um, I'm very hopeful that I'm going to be able to get back to more, you know, more full force workouts uh, in the coming weeks. We'll see, but um, it's just, you know, anybody that's had shoulder problems, know it, it sucks. And, you know, physical therapy is awful. And, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a real skinny guy, uh, by nature, you know, I've got, I just don't have like, you know, big genetics. And so I've worked out, um, since I was 14 and, you know, it's, it was real bummer because, uh, in, in February, I was really in the best shape of my life, best muscle density, you know, lowest body fat, you know, really had just was real pleased with where I was at. I mean, I working out's my passion. You know, I put in a lot of time over the years and into training and, you know, being a natural lifter, I've never taken steroids. And so it really limits your upside, but what you have to do is you just stay in your lane and, and work, work your ass off. And so I'm really hopeful in the next maybe six weeks that I should be able to, to really start to hit it hard and, and we'll go from there. And, and I do appreciate you asking me because, you know, the past six months has been really trying. Well, you give us a headline, a uh, title for our episode, David Peck tears his peck. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You know I mean? You really can't, I can't do it, but listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rapid fire a couple ones out there for you. I mean, so I held up guys just so you know, cause I mean, this is second nature. I bought um, a box of 1991 WC world championship wrestling WCW cards with sting and Missy Hyatt on the, on the cover of the box. And I just looked on eBay really quick and there's a box of 49.99. So it's not like I got some kind of steal on this box, but it's one of those things where there are sting flair. There are the guys from WCW and their PSA 10 cards, as David said, you know, they, they're going up. Right. So, um, so that's the, that's the box. Rapid fire. Have you sold anything over the last year from your, uh, you know, your PC that you regret? Oh yeah. Um, on, I, we touched on it earlier that I sold two Dwayne Johnson's, um, and the 94s and one of them was a BGS nine five. Now it was in the note, the oversized holder, and it was actually the first, uh, BGS graded copy. Uh, it had been in the hobby for, um, since, uh, I want to say 2000, you know, I mean, it is all, it had been, uh, maybe, maybe 2001, very old card in the hobby. Right. So, um, when it, I bought it for a thousand, it, 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 it tanked to 400, you know, when it, when it went up at 2200, I thought I was stealing and you know, that, that obviously is not the case. Hmm. Um, so then the prices rocketed even higher. And, um, you know, so one of the things that, uh, um, you know, I collect, uh, cards, my wife's all into purses and shoes and jewelry and stuff. And so, you know, um, I sound like Vegas Dave, but I bought her a Birkin bag last year, which is kind of the ultimate for checks. And, you know, to get an Hermes Birkin, you've, you've got to like, they got to call you. So, so what these are, I mean, they are legitimately, it's almost like getting into an IPO of a hot stock because the second you take delivery, it's worth more money. So I bought one I bought for my wife, for actually. I bought it on eBay. It was like $275. What awesome. was it was a Birkin bag. It was a nice yeah. Birkin, chromium, the whole nine yards. Really, really nice Birkin bag. I mean, it, it was it's spelled B-E-R-K-E-N, right? Birkin. Yeah. So, so you bought a uh, you bought a Chinese version. <laughs> 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 you didn't you didn't you didn't buy the French version. Um, 
so what ended up happening is, uh, so she, she ends up buying, you know, so I said, okay, so I, I buy her this purse and I was like, damn, you know, it, it's not cheap. So, um, not two months later, oh, Dave, you know, I want a black one. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. And so I was like, okay, this is, I'm not doing this. So I, I ended up selling a couple cards and one of them was a Dwayne Johnson nine. And, you know, once again, I think I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, I hit record price at the time and, oh, I'm, I'm scared to look at the recent sales of the nines because I, I, I think it might be six times what I sold it for. Right. So yeah, I definitely, um, I regret that, but I think one of the things that you've got to keep in mind is that, you know, when you jump on horses, um, you have other horses in the game, you know? So it's like, all right, cool. Like I'm upset about that. Well, guess what? My PSA 10, the signed copy, I still have those things skyrocketed, right? So, you know, maybe you don't capture it all. It's kind of like a stock where maybe you didn't get it all. I think the difference is when you physically own something for like five or six years and then you sell it and it skyrockets within like a month or two <laughs> after you sell it, it's not a good feeling. Well, listen, I'll, I'll make you feel better, right? Because remember, I bought two wrestling cards. I bought the, uh, the Flair PSA 10 and the Andre 1973 PSA 10 and I sold them right before the, i can't i don't even want to know what those cards are worth now i don't even want to know well, we don't have any comps so i can't i can't give you any bad news <laughs> i don't even want to know but the point that you're making which i love is you know you made your money on it right i mean you made your profit you held it for a while you made your money and you most likely were able to roll that money into something else you were able to you know buy something else that's probably also gone up and that's the deal man take your wins you know don't sell everything you you know you're making your money you got other stuff out there um, you still have the autograph versions of it, and uh, you know, I and and it, so. I still have the ten. I still have the ten. So you know, the thing is, is like you know, like huh, you know, let's not pretend. I mean, when I saw that that uh, the the picture uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I was like, thank you, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So talk to me about that card. I mean, there are wrestling guys out there who would sell, who would tell me that uh, you know, if they were here and they had the chance to talk to you directly, they would say that that uh, that tuna fish card. Um, is not the one to go after for the rock. That there are other better cards than that. Does it surprise you that that perforated college football card is the one that has kind of flown for a wrestler, for someone who you know is known as a, a wrestler? When he really no, wasn't not a at all. So talk to me. Not about at it. all, because I think the thing about it is, is that first of all, the production level is somewhere between three thousand and thirty-five hundred. Right. That that is established. They, they handed them out at the Orange Bowl on a rainy night. Um, the, oh, see, the only reason there's even nice copies in the hobby is somebody found a box of sheets. So if you look at the, you know, the PSA population report, it exploded all at the same time um, or, you know, because somebody found some nice ones. But the, the people at the, uh, at the game, you know, those didn't survive in, in you know, say pristine condition. But the other reason I don't think so is, is, you know, in 1994, I mean, think about what's going through Dwayne Johnson's head. You know, he's in college. Um, he's not the star. He has no idea where he's going. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, his dad was um, a star in wrestling, but he was a journeyman star, right? And this is before, you know, people made millions and millions of dollars. I mean, Rocky Johnson was, um, you know, popular to a degree, but he wasn't pulling in the bucks like Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, and, and, and actually, um, 
1984, when Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas were uh, tag team champions, you know, that was kind of like the, the last hurrah for his career. And then he went on the independence. Okay. Well, that doesn't pay a lot. So the, so, you know, they were, they were not like rock wasn't living on easy street. Um, so I think what it really boils down to is it's his first appearance on a card and it's low supply of, of available copies sort of in general. And I just think it, 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 it's, it plays into his story. I mean, this guy, you know, it's easy to forget when he came into wrestling, he got booed like the first, you know, couple weeks. I mean, they were booing him unmercifully and, 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 you know, and the rock, um, you know, while, you know, he obviously is in tremendous condition today when he came into wrestling, you know, he was thick, but he still had, um, real bad gyno, you know, he had to have, you know, he had surgery is my understanding on his, uh, nipples, uh, from the, you know, what they call bitch tick. That's yeah, obviously steroid use. Um, he, he was, you know, carrying a lot of extra weight. Andrew, look um, up. It's called gynoclamastia. Take a look. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a medical term. I don't want to so, look yeah. that up, yeah. I don't want to <laughs> Yeah, but so, so I mean, he, you know, he didn't. But then what happened is, like, and it took The Rock probably two years. And I'll never forget when he was in the Nation of Domination. Um, I mean, he starts cutting these promos where you're like, dude, this guy is awesome. And, you know, then when you transition into 99 and 2000, you know, I joke about this. Um, so, you know, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, obviously. But, you know, in 99 and 2000, you know, I was sort of in my prime. I was like, you know, fresh out of high school and, you know, uh, in college. And, um, and, 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 you know, like, you know, it was really, um, you know, things were going pretty good, right? Well, so, you know, I, you know, I was hanging out with, you know, different chicks and stuff. And they'd say, you know, well, what do you want to do tonight? It's Monday night. I say, hey, we're watching wrestling. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to hang out you know, we got to watch wrestling. So that's how much people are into that. I mean, that attitude era was like the bomb. So I think what it does is it's just, it predates that. Um, you look at his 97 products. I don't want to, under any circumstance, cut those down. I think there's a, a great case for those. They're his first wrestling cards. And I think there's a case for both, you know, and um, you're going to see, uh, you've seen big prices, for the 97 Cardinal. Um, I always mention my good friend, Rob England, you know, he, he just uh, discovered uh, the 97 Panini stickers and there's some nice Rocky Maya Via material in there. He, um, you know, one of the things, if you saw going across the top of the screen, you know, he's, 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 he's sending one of his tens to golden, you know, he's going to put that baby on the, the big stage. So you're going to see uh, a Rocky card at some point in the golden auction that, uh, and it's going to get attention, you know, so I think there's room for both. But I do think um, at the end of the day, the best cards in 94, because it just it's the rock before he was the rock. Well, it's the one Darren Rovell like. So that's all that matters. So that's, you know, that's the key. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, he's a, you know, the thing about Darren is this is I, I like the fact that he promotes the, the hobby. I think it's great. But he puts out a lot of bad information. And, and when you, when you correct him on the bad information, he doesn't want to hear it. Well, none of us do. Andrew corrects me all the time and I tell him he's wrong, even though I know he's right. Cause he's right <laughs> way more often than I give him credit for, but it is what it is. 
So you're not going to give me what you're looking at now because you want to keep that secret close to the vest. No, I'm not. You don't, I don't have any. I would tell I'm you. just Listen. playing with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you guys last time what I was looking at, and it, it obviously worked. So. Yeah, no, 100%. So one of the other areas, and we can leave it with that, one of the other areas you, you, you mentioned to us last time, I loved it, the, the rotten cards, the Donald Trump cards. Are you selling your Trump cards? Are you keeping your Trump cards? Are you waiting for him to make another run at the presidency in four years? What's going on with your, uh, with your political collection? So I do have two um, of the Trumps, and uh, I tell you, it was, uh, it was fun. I gave um, uh, my twin brother Bill one for Christmas, uh, you know, some years back or whatever. And uh, he was like, are you, you know, when they ran up, he's like, he was wanting to get a new TV. And he's like, um, you know, are you OK with me selling this? I said, dude, hit the bid, bro. You know, listen, I, you know, have at it. Right. It's ain't going to hurt my feelings. Actually, it makes me feel good that I gave you a Christmas present that skyrocketed in value. Um, but no. So what was interesting is the night of the election, uh, the Trump card did really well. A uh, couple copies sold. Um, couple weeks later, you had some sales. I think that the market now is in a standstill. Um, I, I, I haven't looked, you know, I, I look at, I, I sort of check in periodically, but no, I'm not selling those. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, I like is unique cards. I think the Trump rookie um, is, uh, is, is very unique. Um, the signed copy, there's no PSA. DNA red copies. It's the only known blue copy. And, you know, love him or hate him, Donald Trump is going to go down in history as uh, an American president, but also, you know, just one of the most fascinating Americans ever. You know, I, um, I wasn't surprised that, you know, he lost the election. You know, I, I get it that there's uh, a lot of heat, you know, like some people think it was stolen. You know, a lot of people just hate the guy, whatever. But, you know, one of the things that I've found is I think controversy creates cash. So, you know, you're looking at um, that 91 uh, WCW product. You know, Eric Bischoff coined that phrase, that controversy creates cash. So I just don't think that Trump, you know, he's going to have his base. Um, it's not going to go away. Um, it is his rookie card. It's not that expensive, like relatively speaking. And, you know, maybe he makes a comeback, maybe he doesn't. But I really, um, you know, I enjoyed Trump being the president. It was, an, it was a nice change for me. You know, I'm not going to turn this political, but, you know, I'm not a Barack Obama fan. And so it was, I got four years of reprieve from that, which, which was exciting. So I'm holding them for the long term. If they go up, great. If they go down, you know, oh, well. I actually think personally, though, that they're going to they're going to stay up. And I actually think they're probably going to go up more. And if they do, fantastic. If they don't, I'm not too worried about it. But one of the things people got to understand is that there are folks out there that absolutely love Trump and absolutely hate Trump. So when you have that kind of dichotomy of interest, it creates a fire. It creates interest, you know. One of the things I don't I don't remember if I said this on the show that time, but Bill had a party at his house and he had the Trump card on display. He also had I've given him two cards. I gave him an 85 tops blue signed PSA DNA Hulk Hogan. Right. So that so both of these have skyrocketed. You know, he's a happy guy. So we go into this room and the responses were unbelievable. 
people were triggered, they had to leave the room. Other people were like, dude, that thing <laughs> I love is it. bad as shit. I love it, right? So when you have that kind of response, to me, it's a good recipe for a collectible because it, 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 it just, it, it, you, you have people that hate it, so it's, it catches attention. And you have people that love it, it catches attention. And it's a centerpiece, you know, it, it's a talking piece. I mean, instantaneously, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you have that on display. Dude, Bill, that thing is so awesome. That's a good recipe for a collectible. I love it, man. Listen, I, I don't think we can do better than that. Polarizing, right? We had Blake Jameson, one of the top 2020 artists on, and that's one of the things he taught me. So you're 100% right. I look for that in, in the stuff that I buy. It's stuff that people are either going to love or hate. Hopefully more of them love it because then maybe more will buy it. But believe it or not, people who hate stuff buy it too. You know? So <laughs> it's interesting stuff. Dave, we love having you on. I apologize for some of the uh, technical issues, with the uh, headphones and the echo and stuff like that. But, you know, you've been great, man. We, we appreciate you having you on, and a lot more people are going to hear you this time around. Dave, we had uh, we had Eric Bischoff off. We had Eric Bischoff on. I saw that. Yeah, interesting guy. Well, the thing about Bischoff is is that um, love him or hate him, you know, he was on the ground floor. He helped he helped transition wrestling, and you know, the Attitude Era in in the WWF at the time wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Eric Bischoff. You know, Vince had to respond. Yep, change the game. Got to give him a little bit of credit. I don't, I don't want to give him as much as he, you know, as he might give himself. He, he was very honest about that. He'll give himself all the credit. But, I mean, we talk about the Monday Night Wars, and we talk about the Attitude Era, and we talk about what wrestling is today. And, you know, obviously that, 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 that lit a fire under Vince. So I'd love to make the introduction if, you, if you'd like, David. He's working no, on We're good. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I want to like – the only comment I guess I have is, is that the biggest handcuff wrestling has today is social media because – you know, back then you didn't have all these people being like, I can't believe that she's wearing that. Oh, that's sexist. Uh, you know, that's discrimination. I mean, if when you get on Twitter, the, the wrestling fans are really pathetic. I mean, it drives me berserk because it's like, dude, just enjoy the show. Like, not everything has to be so serious. But It's you know, funny you should say that, a- man. I got a coworker who listened to the Bischoff thing, and he's like, I'm going to have my son watch – the wrestling from the nineties and he puts some money goes, that's not safe for kids. He goes, yeah, they can't watch that. What he goes, what, what X Pac is doing with his, with his nether region. He goes, you know, you can't, this is what some of these women are wearing. You can't, I can't show this to a kid. And so it's funny. You bring it up. Somebody literally just, just talking about this today. Yeah. It's it, wrestling today is, you know, it's like, uh, you go back to the, let's say the WCW days and, uh, you know, they had like kids story, like, like, uh, unadulterated kid stories. Um, they, they slapped women. Uh, you know, like if you go to ECW, like some of these guys, I mean, they did uh, jumping off the top ropes and power bombing chicks. If you did that today, uh, there would be, there might even be like a congressional investigation like to shut you down. I mean, it's, we've reached a point of cancel culture that's just so terrible. And in wrestling, you know, I think that, I think Vince knows that. And you know, they tried their best to stay inside the lines. Um, I am happy that AEW popped up because, you know, at the end of the day, um, AEW, you know, you need competition. And, and WWE can't be the only game in town. You know, it, it's good for the performers. It's just, it's good for it all. So, but yeah, it's a, uh, wrestling is really tough these days just because of Twitter. 
I love it, man. We thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, you know, maybe when we get to 200,000 listens, we'll, we'll get you back again. <laughs> Should happen in next week. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.